As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Monday early evening. The Commanders have made some moves today ahead of Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline to trim the roster from 90 to 53. One of them involves one of their draft picks. I'll get to that in a second, not to mention uh, running back Jared Patterson, who was among those released. I'll discuss that and kind of where the roster stands in a second. Uh, My guest today, it's fantasy football time, folks. We all know that. Who better to talk fantasy football and have some good insight on the commanders than our friend Matthew Barry from NBC Sports, of course, a noted commanders fan, uh, got Matthew's view on Sam Howe. He is fairly bullish on Sam Howe, along with the overall offense, and asked him some fantasy questions. Uh, I fully admit I, I went and asked questions that were pertinent to my situations in fantasy but the players were pertinent, and I wasn't trying to brag no matter what Matthew says in the episode. Um, but some good conversation about pertinent fantasy matters, uh, the, who could potentially be the number one all pick, uh, quarterbacks, a whole bunch more. So we'll get to all that in a moment here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcast. In addition, let me just say this. My fifth annual NFL agent survey came out today. Part one dropped. I had 23 agents speak anonymously to me to answer a variety of questions, ranging from what do they think can be done, if anything, about the uh, lagging money for running backs? Uh, What do they think about Lamar Jackson's contract? We talked about um, future ownership, right? we, We saw here Josh Harris. A lot of money. He still needed a whole bunch of partners to get this over the finish line. Have we reached a point where the NFL should consider not just private equity money, but also international money like Saudi Arabia? I had agents answer that. Talked Roger Goodell, Lionel Messi. You'll see why. And if the commanders are no longer the most dysfunctional team in the league following Dan Snyder's exit, who is? Are the commanders still by default? I got their view on that. So go check that out on The Athletic. It's a dollar. that We have a deal right now. 
a dollar a month for 12 months. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. It's your money. Do what you want, but you can't do much better than that. In addition, I will, uh, we will preview later this week. I want to say Thursday, we'll have part two. Part two is commander centric. So I also asked these agents about um, a world for them looking at Washington for their clients without Dan Snyder. What do they think of Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera? Um, we even got into stuff like stadium. They go to stadiums all over the place. What do you need for a stadium? That What's a must-have? And a few other questions as well. So be on the lookout for that later in the week and go check out The Athletic uh, for the fifth annual NFL agent survey. Uh, always a fun time for me to do that one. Hopefully you guys will think you will enjoy it as well. Um, all right, let's get to the commanders today. We They've been making moves all morning um, and they just made their final list official just a little bit ago. Um, the most notable concept, the most notable thing I would say is what happened to fourth round pick Brayden Daniels. I believe when I did the podcast the other day with Grant Paulson, where we broke down the whole projected 53, we each did our own uh, guesses on that. And we, and we had Daniels on because you're not going to cut the fourth round pick. But as we've discussed all summer, he's really not looked the part of somebody who could contribute right away. Long-term, hey, we'll see. But right now, this did not look like that guy. And so the question was, I mean, what do you do? You just put him on your roster and stash him there? Um, or, you know, what do you do? Well, they ended up putting him on IR today. And it wasn't a straight stash. Apparently, he suffered a torn rotator cuff, according to uh, a source on that. Obviously, a tough blow there. And I hate to phrase it like this, but from a roster perspective, I mean, having the injury, that's that's probably the weirdly best case scenario. Again, I feel bad for the young man. You don't want to go through rehab or any of these things, but that's not a bad way um, for the commanders to open up a roster spot. So Daniels will be out for the year. When you go on IR before final cuts, you're out for the year. He'll have time to work with. The training staff and and, and uh, things like that and uh, you know get ready for next year he clearly needs more uh reps more experience he's got to get more consistency he's at, very athletic but not consistent with his sets and you know it would have been a concern if they had used him i did think he played a little bit better over the last week or two i know logan paulson has said as much as well um but now they cleaned up this roster spot what does that mean well, I would think there'll be, in addition to Leno and Andrew Wiley and Cornelius Lucas, I would imagine a fourth tackle stays. That could be Trent Scott, who's the veteran that they have. Um, I wasn't blown away by Trent Scott, but I understand from a just purely ex experience standpoint why that would make some sense. I imagine they will also look at the waiver wire. They've got a couple of young guys to consider on the roster as well if they want to take sort of a flyer there. So. Something to keep in mind. It's also possible they just say go with nine. This is probably makes it more likely Tyler Larson stays. Um, and you know, as in a pinch, you can you can use Sam Cosme or Sadiq Charles at tackle, but I think you prefer to not do that if you don't have to. Uh, position flexibility aside, so that's what's going. That's the big news. Now here's the other the other news of the day. Fan favorite Jared Patterson, local kid, he was released by the team today. 
I know this is a bit of a surprise for some. I don't think it's a big surprise, though, for people who've been listening here or reading my work. Um, I don't think I even mentioned Jared Patterson in my 53 projection the other day. And it's not a knock on him. It's just the reality of the situation where they may only keep three running backs total. And you've got Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez. Last year, Patterson only played three games. Jonathan Williams was ahead of him all year. And you you know, you heard me in the last episode say it was paining me to to not have Williams projected on the roster. So then you also have Derek Gore, who a former chief who knows Eric Bieniemy's system. I think he's looked pretty solid too. And I think getting either one of those guys to the practice squad, if not both, would be a very solid move. And overall, I, I just think those guys look like better fits than than Patterson. Uh, frankly, I think this is, a, look, it would be better for Patterson if he made the team. But I think moving on somewhere else is probably the best thing for him. Get a fresh start. Get get somewhere with clean eyes. People will fall in love with his, um, you know, his energy, his uh, his desire. He's a tough runner. He can help on kick returns and special teams. But ultimately here, there just was no room for him. Uh, my, my guess is, best guess is, the players they released today are not people they're considering for the practice squad. I mean, we'll see what happens, but most likely they're not in that mix. So I imagine this is the last we've seen of Jared Patterson here for now. Uh, best of luck to him. Always enjoyed him in the locker room, enjoyed his story, but the commanders are moving on, it appears, from Jared Patterson. Um, others cut today. No other big surprises. Not, I'm not, not saying Patterson was either. You had wide receiver Marcus Kemp. And Zion Bowens, you know, Kemp was a guy we talked about all spring and summer because of the ex-chief factor, because he's one of the few receivers with size. But he just, you know, to me, he didn't have the particularly great uh, camp. I I didn't really buy too much into him being around. Um, Maybe I'm a little surprised he was released today as opposed to tomorrow. But nonetheless, he he is gone. Um, linebacker Milo Eifler and Farad Gardner that leaves Dejon Harris as sort of the fifth guy should they keep a fifth I would presume uh, Harris is the one they would uh, throw onto the practice squad if he clears waivers uh, so uh, those, those linebackers are gone uh, cornerback Demarcus Fields safety Joshua Kalu defensive tackle Isaiah Mack Anthony Montalvo um, offensive lineman Aaron Montero who was around last year a bit uh, defensive end Joshua Pryor, who was who's from Bowie State, and cornerback DJ Sturgis. You know, again, I don't imagine that any of those guys are people they have to keep, but uh, or, or you know have to bring back for the practice squad. But those are the names that they've moved on from. So a lot of big decisions still to go. Uh, quick math here: this takes the roster from ninety to seventy-seven. Twenty-four more players have got to go. Still a lot of tough calls at running back. You know, is, is Mitchell Tinsley or Kaz Allen or Dax Milne, some combination of those guys making the roster at wide receiver? Um, you know, what happens with Alex Arma? Are you keeping 10 defensive backs or 11? What if if it's, you know, Rashad Wild Goose could be in the balance there. What about the defensive line? Are you keeping the 11, you know, sort of the seven ends and the four tackles? Is Fedarian Mathis a potential IR candidate once they finish the cutdown day, and does that does that change uh, anything with their plans? Lots more to get to. 
if you want to hear about that, Grant and I did a really fun deep dive. Uh, uh, you know, going to say it myself. I thought it was a really smart conversation about their options and, and some strategy that could take place there. So that's the deal there. Obviously, we'll pay attention as well to what else happens around the league. But just like with Washington, imagine the bigger moves will come tomorrow, meaning Tuesday. And my plan would be to do another podcast Tuesday. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew will talk at the park after the moves are made. Um, and they'll be, even after they make those moves, they will likely make others after that, but we'll at least get the sense tomorrow of the basics that they are going to do and get the, get the team down to 53. So that's where we are right now with the waivers. Um, let's go to the Matthew Berry conversation. Uh, like I said, got to do a few different players, non-commanders at the top, talked about a potential number one pick, and then got to do a lot of Sam Howe, McLaurin and Dotson, Gibson and Robinson, some Cole Turner, got to all of them. So let's get to that right now here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right, it is fantasy football season, and who better to talk about that as well as the team he uh, loves the most, the Washington Commanders, Matthew Barry, with NBC Sports and 800 other uh, fantasy ventures out there. Matthew, thanks for the time. How are you? Ben, I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. This is, uh, you know, it's always your time of year because everybody loves fantasy, yeah. but right now, I can't, I, I've heard you on multiple interviews. I don't even know how many you've done nationally. It, 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 or you know, you getting a set of steak, set of steak knives here at some point yeah. with how many you've been doing? Well, you know what? Uh, like I try to be supportive. People ask, friends ask, and so I want to want to help support the cause. And uh, you know, so some are good for me promotionally, and some are you know doing his favors. But uh, yeah, happy to spread the word about NBC Sports, what we're doing over there at RotoWorld.com, what we're doing at FantasyLife.com, and you know, just get on out there. Anything uh, on that end that people need to know about as they're getting ready for the drafts uh, this week? Well, Anything to, to to get into? Sure. I mean, I, you know, in terms of my personal work uh, over at NBCSports.com, my love hate column, my uh, draft day manifesto, the seven rule, the seven habits of highly effective drafters, that's both up plus my updated top 200 rankings. Of course, we do fantasy football happy hour every single day, Monday through Friday. 12 Eastern live on Peacock. It's also available on demand as a podcast, wherever you get podcasts on demand on Peacock on demand on the NFL and NBC YouTube channel. So doing all that. And then fantasylife.com is a, a website that I've started. You get a free newsletter for myself and my team there every single day for free into your inbox, five minute read everything you need to know about the world of fantasy football for that day. Really informative. We have a bunch of great tools over on fantasylife.com as well. So Check it out. You know, listen, it's all free. So if you don't like it, you can click away. But what's uh, what could be worse than that, right? It's all good stuff. Absolutely. And your your love-hate column, I mean, I looked at it the other day. Obviously, it's an insane amount of uh, words and information that you've got in there for people to take a look at. I'm going to reference it here in, in a little bit um, when we go through this. We'll certainly ask you about Sam Howell, who yep. I know you're a fan of. Yeah. And, and the Commanders. But I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I want to ask you? And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go straight selfish. I've got some decisions I got to make. But fortunately, all the players that I'm like debating about are all prominent guys in fantasy. It's not overly obscure people. So this is a broad, hey. it'll be a good broad conversation. All right. 
at least in my head. Um, all right. Uh, PPR league. I got to keep one guy. I got four players. I could keep, I'm going to mention them to you and probably least likely, least to most likely that I would keep. Um, I like waiting on quarterbacks. Yep. Joe Burrow. I got last year in the ninth round. That's a pretty good keeper, but I've got some other guys, but I'm curious. He's obviously, so that's what it would cost you. You have to, you, you can keep one player and, whatever round you drafted that player in is what you give up. So, so if, if you kept Joe Burrow this year, you would not have a ninth round pick. Correct. I should state, I should state that cl- more clearly for people who are not in my actual league or in my head. Thank you for right. uh, being the professional. So Joe you Burrow, I think in a vacuum, a ninth rounder for a guy who's one of the best quarterbacks out there is pretty good, but he is dealing with the injury. And like I said, I do like the weight. W- what are you thinking about Burrow with this injury? He's got, um, and you know, and relative to the other quarterbacks out there this year, yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. I, you know, I mean, I have it. Uh, I'm at QB six this year, but honestly, like, I think he's an elite guy. I think you want one of the uh, one of the top eight is what I, what I would want this year in fantasy. And Burrow's one of those top eight. Love, uh, love, love, love Joe Burrow. By the way, Joe Burrow, an investor in FantasyLife.com. Full disclosure. But uh, look, it's a, I think he's going to be fine and, and ready to start the uh, regular season. Obviously, surrounded by tremendous talent on the outside. Here's my question. How many teams are in your league? How many and how many uh, quarterbacks do you start? Twelve teams, one quarterback uh, in the lineup. And and uh, your two running backs, three wide receivers, two wide receivers, uh, two running backs, two receivers, and then a receiver tight end flex plus a tight end. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So you've got, I think Burrow, I think Burrow will go at well ahead of the ninth round in almost every draft this year. So it's tremendous value. And I think you do want an elite quarterback this year, especially in 12 team league. So uh, like Burrow is a keeper of the ninth round is that's really good. Burrow's going to have a monster year. Do you think you're saying you think you want to have a really good one? Is that because you think there's like limited depth at the position or just always good to have one of those guys as a as a consistent difference maker. I think you just get into question marks after that. I do think, you know, at the elite level, they do make a difference. Now, there's some guys that we like, you know, that could pop and everything like that. But I do think that um, that there that there is a tier there that those eight, I think, are a cut above the rest. And so it gives you a uh, gives you an advantage. And we can talk through each one of those eight quarterbacks if you wanted. But uh, in terms of Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow could throw 40 touchdowns this year. Like he's got, he's got that kind of upside. He's a guy who very quietly had five rushing touchdowns last year, more mobile than I think he probably gets credit for. And um, yeah. So yeah, you know uh, yeah. That is why I think you want a quarterback. I think it's important uh, to have an elite quarterback just because it starts getting like, you know, quarterback nine is like Deshaun Watson. That's a little bit dicey. Daniel Jones is QB, you know, Tua is QB 10 for me. Again, health concern. Tua could be awesome, but there's health concerns, obviously, with Tua. When you get into Daniel Jones, how much of last year was a bit of a fluke? Does he run as much? You know, so just, I think you want one of those those top eight guys. Okay. Uh, I'll see if we I'll may, may come back to quarterback when we get to the Sam Howell part. All right, the next guy on my the list. Top eight guy. just to just be clear, the top eight yep. guys um, – and here's who they are. The top eight guys in order for me, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. 
all four of those guys obviously have number one quarterback in fantasy uh, in you know potential. That's all within the range of outcomes. As is, I think, number five, Justin Herbert, who, you know, two years ago was the number two quarterback in fantasy. Uh, and I think Kellen Moore is going to uh, uh, be a big help to that offense, as is the addition of Quentin Johnson. Then I have Burrow at six. I have Justin Fields at seven. The rushing, obviously, is insane there. And then Trevor Lawrence at eight, who last year very quietly uh, was a very good fantasy quarterback. He's more mobile than he gets credit for. 34 rushing yards a game, something like that. Another year in Peterson's system, the addition of Calvin Ridley, everyone else back. Uh, their offensive line is a little questionable, but uh, ultimately I think Lawrence takes a big step this year. And then you start getting into the dicey questions to me. Okay. Um, all right, the next guy on my list, running backs. You're always looking for running backs. It gets harder and harder to find guys who are standalone. And I thought Ramondre Stevenson might be one of those guys. Until they mm -hmm. went out and New England went out and signed Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I got Stevenson in the seventh. Again, seems like a pretty good value. But what do you think about – I'm now nervous. Not only do I not like screwing around with Bill Belichick when it comes to running backs historically, but Elliott may be the goal line guy. But you tell me, what, how do you see that scenario now playing out? In terms of Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. You know, I think Ramon, the positives of Ramondre Stevenson are the floor is high. He's still going to be involved in the passing game. Look, Damian Harris had the Ezekiel Elliott role last year, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson was still a top 10 fantasy running back. Now, Zeke is, I think, a better player than Damian Harris. I think they'll use somebody because of his stature. They'll use him more in the goal line. He also doesn't get hurt. I mean, that's one of the things about Zeke is he's so durable. So my expectation here is, is that he'll have – he'll get more usage over the course of the year than um, Damian Harris did who missed some time last year. So the floor is high for Ramondre Stevenson. What, what Ezekiel Elliott's signing does though, is it takes the ceiling away like because it's hard to get Ramondre Stevenson see a scenario where he finishes as a top five fantasy running back with Ezekiel Elliott on this offense, because Zeke, Zeke is really, really good in short yardage last year among the 25 running backs that got the most uh, goal-to-go carries, Ezekiel was fourth in touchdown rate in terms of how many times he was able to score a touchdown when he got an opportunity inside the 10-yard line. Ramondre Stevenson was 23rd. Shout-out to uh, Ian Harditz, who does uh, who works for FantasyLife.com. That's his stat. But the fact is that's just a bunch of numbers to tell you what you probably know instinctively. When you get in close, Zeke is still really, really good, and Ramondre Stevenson – is not as effective. So my expectation is that it should be a run-heavy offense. Bill Belichick likes to run when they get in close. So Stevenson's floor is still high because, again, he's going to be the passing down back. I still think he's basically a top 12-ish running back. Just hard to see him having a huge year as long as Zeke is there because of the touchdowns. So and you right. can keep reminding Stevenson for what? What round? Seventh round. Okay. Keep going. All right. Now this next one. I know you love this guy. Like, love, love, love this guy. Amon Ross St. Brown in the eighth round. Uh, under any normal circumstances, this would be a no-brainer. I'll tell you my last one after that. But you love this guy. I, I guess my only wonder, he's and he was fantastic last year. My only biggest wonder is the Lions were so good on offense last year. We concerned at all about any kind of drop-off. It's not like Jared Goff has been historically a proven 
you know, quarterback, but they obviously had a really good offense last year. They had a really good offense last year. And here's the thing about Jared Goff. Here's one thing that I think is proven. When Jared Goff gets time, Jared Goff is good. And the Lions very sneakily have one of the best offensive lines in football. The other thing about Amon Ross St. Brown is that he is really all they've got. They've got the running backs in Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, they've got the rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. Jameson Williams is suspended for six games. And even so, it's hard to imagine him being like a big target hog. You know, then you've got like whatever, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones. Like there's not a lot there outside of Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to have like a 30% target share. And the other thing about Jared Goff, you asked about, Jared Goff is really good in domes. Last year in games in which he played indoors, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game. And the reason that matters is because seven of the Lions' final eight games, seven of the final eight games are indoors or in the dome. The only, like, he's got a December 30th game that's at Dallas, and that's a retractable roof, so hard to believe on December 30th they wouldn't play with the roof closed, but whatever. Six of the six of the final eight games are in absolutely in a dome, and then they've got the one game in a retractable roof that's likely going to be a dome. So some of his final eight games are there. Um, so I think he finishes the season very strong. That's fantasy playoff time. And I, I love this stat, Ben. This is the stat that I gave out on uh, Football Night in America when I announced I'm on Ross St. Brown as my fantasy football ride or die for the year. Week 13 of the 2021 season, that was his rookie year. That was kind of his breakout week, week 13 of the 2021 season. And this stat will blow your mind, but here's the entire list of wide receivers in the NFL with more receptions than Amal Ron St. Brown since week 13 of 2021. Justin Jefferson, that's the list. The only players with more fantasy points, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. He's an elite fantasy wide receiver and no one thinks of him in that same vein. So the idea that you could get him in an eighth, you know, in the eighth round, pretty incredible who else you got but i love uh, so i love him on ross st brown i'm as a first round pick just overall many, he's number he's 10th overall in my in my list how, how many uh easy ride or die how many leagues i don't even know if i want to know this how many leagues are you doing this year for yourself 16 i'm in 16 so how i mean do you have him in like i know you can't always get him just because of setups but like how many do you have uh, I have been a handful so far. There's still a number of leagues that I have yet to draft. I have a draft Got tonight, it. so we'll see. Here's hoping I get them. All right. All right. So I'd be thrilled if that was my pick. Eighth round for a guy you're saying 10th. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. That said, I got Garrett Wilson in the 16th round. <laughs> and obviously, they've upgraded a quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, I mean, obviously miles better than what they had. But, you know, I, I I think I saw for you, he was like around 16 or 17 overall. So it's not like we're talking about the historic Aaron Rodgers. But if Garrett Wilson did what he did last year with, you know, not much at quarterback, you would think he would have been better now. But what do you, you tell me? I, I know you like him as well, but what, what do you think about that? Okay. A couple of things. Here's what I think. First off, I agree. Listen, Garrett Wilson last year averaged over 17 fantasy points a game with Mike White and Joe Flacco at quarterback. So now... Second year in the system, second year as a pro, Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. Garrett Wilson's going to just have a monster year. Like, he's just – he's a fantastic player. He's got a real quarterback. He's got a quarterback that's going to feed him. Uh, I think he's just – a monster year is coming for Garrett Wilson, who's my wide receiver 10. It's my wide receiver 10. I'm on Ross St. Brown as 
number 10 overall, but still Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver 10. Uh, so he's very close to Amon Ra. And the fact that you have him as a 16th round keeper is kind of legitimate. I personally think, Ben, if you want to know my real opinion, my real opinion is, is the only reason I'm on this podcast is just so you can brag to everyone about what ridiculous keepers you have. Like, you don't actually care for my advice. You of just course want I do. It, you just didn't want to, like, go on your podcast by yourself and be like, guess what I got? I got to choose between this awesome guy at a ridiculous price or this awesome guy at a ridiculous price. So I honestly think it doesn't really matter what I say. I think I'm just here as an instrument for you to brag. Uh, it's well done. Your answer is Garrett Wilson in the 16th. But the truth of the matter is, is all four are fantastic keepers. You actually can't screw this up. It doesn't matter. But um, I thought when you said Burrow at nine, I'm like, how are you beating Burrow at nine? And then you're like, you know, whatever. Mondrian's in seventh, like whatever. But, Bur you know, I'm on Raw in the eighth. Amazing. And now Garrett Wilson in the 16th. Like, yeah, it's just well, stupid. stupid. It, it is. But look, I'm, I'm a classic overthinker we've i've reached that point where i'm overthinking this so i've changed my mind six times that's why i wanted to lean on sage advice from you plus like i said all these guys are pretty relevant this year uh in fantasy so you know figured it would be good uh jumping off point all right um garrett wilson is, is where i'm leaning so this connects then with the second point of this in this same league i have the number one overall pick now i've seen i believe you have justin jefferson is that guy and i'm wondering is sometimes it's like, okay, you love Jefferson, but if there's two or three or four other guys, you could take kind of almost any of them and you wouldn't feel bad. Is Jefferson for you a clear cut as the number one? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say clear cut, but yes, he's my number one overall player. I think he's got a very high floor. What we look at is, you know, one of the things I say all the time is, is like, listen, you can't win your league in the first round. You can lose it. You know, in the first round, what you want is guaranteed production. The, you know, we've generally looked at this over the years and, basically about 30% of your fantasy point production is going to come from your first two picks. You really have to nail your first two picks. And so Justin Jefferson being ranked number one overall doesn't mean that he has to finish as the number one wide receiver in fantasy to be worth that number one pick. What, what I'm saying is, is that barring an injury, and you can never predict injuries, but barring an injury, there's a very narrow range of outcomes for Justin Jefferson. There's almost no scenario where he's not a top five fantasy wide receiver. And so as a result of that, that safety, that high floor, if you will, is why Jefferson is my number one player overall. He's going to so, get massive volume from a quarterback that, you know, that's above average in a pass first offense, insanely talented. The only thing that will, that would uh, hinder him potentially is uh, injury. So I, I love strategy in these things. I mean, in terms of like, okay, if you have this, should I do this and so on and so on. So we just told we just discussed these receivers I have as keepers. So if I keep Garrett Wilson or St. Brown, and I have the first pick, like when you look at that, like okay, Justin Jefferson, wow, you're I'm stacked at receiver. But as we know, running backs, there's not a ton of guys that are sort of standalone studs. Christian McCaffrey, I assume, is the number one running back for you. Is there when you look at it from a strategy standpoint, do you think McCaffrey there would be value in taking him in that spot or? No, I got Jefferson as one. I'll just go with that and call it a day. I would go with that and call it a day. This year, more than, than met, most that I remember, Ben, it's a really good year to sort of wait on running back. There's a number of running backs going sort of in the mid-rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds that uh, have, you know, really kind of underrated value, right? Guys like that, that have 20 touch a game potential. 
Cam Akers and Damian Pierce. James Conner is one of them. Uh, I think Brian Robinson could flirt with that, speaking of our commanders, right? I, I think that, uh, you know, um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco is a really interesting guy. Rashad White is a really interesting guy. These are all guys that are going to get a lot of volume uh, as running backs that are available kind of in the mid-teens. So uh, it's better to, like in the first round or two, I don't mind loading up on wide receiver and then addressing running back. Um, all right, you mentioned Brian Robinson. Let's get to the commanders already. Sam yeah. Howe, I don't know if you've heard, people around here are pretty excited. They're excited for a lot of reasons around here with this team. But in terms of the football side of things, Sam Howe, that he actually might be a real a real quarterback and he's young and cheap and all these things has people pumped up. Uh, you like him. You're, you're talking about it from a fantasy perspective, but give us your view of him. And if you want to ve- veer into the actual NFL side as well, go for it. Well, look, I just, this is somebody who coming out of college, uh, I'm sorry, after his junior year of college, had a first round grade on him. Like everyone that does draft scouting was like, this guy has a first, first round grade on him. And then, you know, a lot of talent around him in NBC, uh, at UNC left and, you know, definitely made a couple of, uh, you know, poor, poor decisions and bad plays. But, and so he dropped, but he never should have dropped. You know, the idea was he would have been a day two pick and said he dropped all the way to uh, being a day three pick. So, I think the talent is there. He's really a unique case. I will tell you that uh, one scout said to me, somebody whose opinion I really trust about uh, draft prospects. And I asked him, this is middle of last year, literally like, so it's not, it's not a hype thing. This is the middle of last year when Sam Howell can't get in the field and it's Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. And I was just like, I was asking this guy because he knows the draft backwards and forwards. I'm like, Hey, what do we, what do we have in Sam Howell? And he goes, here's what I'll tell you. If Sam Howell ever gets on the field, he ain't coming off. I'm like, all right, I like that. Good, like he's, a good a gutty, he's a gutty kid, you know, ice in his veins, that kind of thing. All the, all the cliches you want. Um, so I think from a fantasy perspective, you have uh, he's one of my favorite sleepers. He made my love list as a you know others receiving votes as kind of a, a later on quarterback because he's more mobile than he gets credit for, right? You know, get you 20, 30, 40 yards. He's he's not Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts mobile, but he's you know, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of mobile, right? He'll get you, he'll get you 30, 40 yards a game. Maybe Daniel Jones is a, you know, I don't think they'll use him as much as Daniel Jones, but like, this is a kid who in his senior year in, in college had over 1,100 rushing yards. He had 1,100 rushing yards as a quarterback his senior year in college. So I think uh, the mobility is going to help as as well. You saw it in that, the last game, the only game he started against the Cowboys. He had a rushing touchdown against the Cowboys last year in the final week of the season. Um, he's surrounded by really talented playmakers and Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel and the running backs, of course. And then I think you think about Eric Bieniemy as a play caller. And yes, he does not have Patrick Mahomes, but I think he's going to be more aggressive than what we've seen from the commander's offense in recent years. Feels like they're going to push it down the field more. I think some of that is because of the confidence they have in Howell. Some of it is just a philosophy. You know, I, I, I'm a Scott Turner fan. I don't, I don't, I think Scott Turner got thrown under the bus. I think Scott Turner did the best he could with what Lily was given to work with. He was given a terrible offensive line and Carson Wentz to work with. And I think, you know, or a career backup. You know, Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke's a really nice story. We like Taylor, right? But Taylor Heineke couldn't get a snap in the XFL. Like, you know, I'm just real talk. Like, I mean, like, yeah. it's not like he was yeah. the starter in the XFL. 
Like he was a backup in the XFL who couldn't get a snap. And that's who we gave Scott Turner to start the majority of the games for two years. Like anyway, uh, but so I do think the enemy will be more aggressive down the field with Sam Howell. Let's see what we have. So talent, you know, young quarterback with a little bit of a gunslinging mentality, aggressive play caller coach and surrounded by uh, good talent on offense. Yeah. Give me some Sam Howell this year. I'm in. I'm in as a fantasy sleeper and I'm in as a commander's fan. You know, the worst thing that can happen for us, Ben, this year is that Jacoby Brissett takes a snap. Jacoby Brissett should not take one snap this year, no matter what the score is, no matter what the what no matter no matter what. Because this is what I want to do. And I'm nervous, Ben, as we I'm veering into commanders talk here. Go for it. But I'm nervous. Because Ron Rivera is on the last year of his contract. We have new ownership. And I'm nervous that Ron Rivera is just like. I need to win to keep my job. And if Sam Howell struggles, and we've got a tough schedule, Sam Howell struggles at some point, I'm worried that Ron Rivera, fearful for losing his job, will be like, let me go get Joe to go to Reset, try to win some games. And my fear is that's what's going to happen. Because Jacoby Brissett's fine. Like, you know, he's a he's a solid professional quarterback. I say that with all due respect. Like he is, you know, he's a professional quarterback. He's almost too good for the job, if you will. He was the best quarterback on Cleveland last year. He was significantly better than Sean Watson. And so Jacoby Brissett, if Jacoby Brissett started every game for us this year, that's good enough with our skilled players and our defense. That's good enough to get us like eight wins. We go seven, ten, eight, eight and nine with Jacoby Brissett. I bet we could. And what happens there is then we get another like whatever. Middle of the first round pick, we get pick 16, 15, 17, whatever. No, we need to start Sam Howell every single game this year, no matter what the score is, no matter what our record is, because one of two things will happen. Either he'll get the reps and we see what we got in him. And early signs are encouraging. He had the nice one start against Dallas. He's played well in the preseason, but whatever. Come on. We need a full out year to see what we have in Sam Howell to get that sense, right? And um, uh, and one of two things happens. At the end of the year, we're like, holy crap, kid played great. There were some rough spots, but okay. But, like, we've got a quarterback. I'll be damned. Commanders have fallen into a quarterback. We've got a quarterback on a friendly team deal for the next couple of years. Fantastic. Or he falters on the pressure, and he's not great. And that's fine. I mean, we're rooting for him to be good. But I would rather us either find out that we have a franchise quarterback in Sam Howell or turns out he's terrible and we just get our butts kicked and then we're picking in the top five in a year in which there's going to be a lot of great franchise caliber quarterbacks coming out of college. This is a great year for college quarterbacks. And then we draft one of those guys. Otherwise, we're just my fear is, is that we're going to start Jacoby Brissett, that Ron's going to get panicked want to try to win to protect his job and then he'll um uh he'll start Jacoby Brissett and Jacoby Brissett will be just good enough to get us mediocre and we'll have we'll have a bad draft pick where we'll once again be in QB hell or have to mortgage the future to move up or um you know because Jacoby Brissett's not the answer it's not the long-term answer no. come on uh, so that's, that's my big that's my big fear here you know i mean 
think about people forget this. Think about that stupid, stupid, stupid two point conversion that Miami attempted and failed against us. And as a result of that failure, Washington wins that dumb game against the Dolphins. As a, as a result, we end up picking second instead of first overall. If we lose that game, we have the first overall pick and we take Joe Burrow instead of Chase Young. What do you think our franchise looks like? Yeah. You know, it's like. Well, and then the next year, you know, obviously I know they all want to win. I, I can't knock them for winning the division. But if they lose that last game against Philadelphia, but the, the game the Eagles tanked, if they just don't even come back the way they did, they have a top 10 pick instead of picking 19th. And that was the year you had Justin Fields, you know, obviously Mac Jones, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, th- th- this has been their issue the whole time. They keep doing just good enough to fall outside, except for the one yeah. year when they took Chase Young. Yeah, they stay in this space. They stay in quarterback purgatory. It's awful. Yeah. It's I, because of Josh Harris, I did a story earlier this summer about the process. Could you do the process in the NFL, basically? Uh, by the way, I think the Cardinals are trying based on what they're doing. Um, but yes, exactly for that reason. If you want a quarterback, there is one path to try to get one, and it is to be one of the worst teams. And you can't, you know, it's hard to tank in the NFL, but that that's how you're gonna have to uh to do it on um yeah on some level. Um so I like saying my point Hattie. is my point is is like I, I'm not suggesting anyone quote unquote tank. Yeah. What I'm just saying is is like what you should do is start him, Sam Howell every single game, no matter what. Sam Howell starts and plays every snap, no matter what, unless he's hurt. If he's hurt, then it's hurt. It is what it is. But otherwise, like, even if we're losing, even if he's throwing six picks, you know what I mean? Like, throw him out there because if he's great or good, fantastic. We've got a quarterback. But if he's not and we're losing games, okay then. We know Sam Howell's not the answer, and we can go get somebody who is. Yeah, but give, no, I, give the kid, give the kid a real shot. Give him all year long. I I like I like your theory. And by the way, like in terms of this year, how you mentioned his mobility, he's an aggressive runner. I think he's going to take mm-hmm. off more than maybe people, not saying you, but people in general uh, think. So, and because the offensive line is uh, sketchy. He may have no yeah. choice, and I think the enemy is going to try to call some of those like RPOs to help him out there. Um, before I let you go, so all they've got a lot of good playmakers. Obviously, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson. You mentioned Brian Robinson. Can I, can I can I give you um Can I give you just before we move off of Sam Howell? Yeah. Can I can I give you um an absolute uh crazy stat? Sure. Okay, so we talked about uh how Sam Howell um ran for like 1,100 yards his senior year in college, right? Yep. How many How many rushing yards do you think uh, Anthony Richardson had his senior year of college? I'll, I'll just guess 500. Yeah, I mean, less than 800. My point is, is that, I mean, you, you'll win a bar bet with that one. Who had, who had more college rushing yards, Sam Howell and their senior year? Sam Howell or Anthony Richardson? I'm just telling you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. With you. No, I'm with you. And like, obviously that helps the floor for any of these quarterbacks. And if you're able to tack on, you know, three, four points a game, just on the ground. Um, so anyway, I was saying that you got these other playmakers, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson uh, from like a, you know, obviously if we just ranking these guys, I assume 
you know, McLaurin might be the highest, but in terms of like this guy you like the most this year or from a value perspective where you see their ADP is, which of those guys are you uh, most interested in? I'm excited about all of them. I think that everyone's calling me a homer, you know, because I'm such a crazy commanders fan. But um, uh, the truth of the matter is is that both uh, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson, you know, after, after McLaurin left with a toe injury and then Jahan Dotson got like five straight targets, like, He's starting to rise up draft boards, but there's still, I will say the gap between McLaurin and Dotson is too big. I think, I think it's going to be more one, a one B than it is, you know, clearly wide receiver one, clearly wide receiver two. Uh, uh, but McLaurin's prices started to drop a little bit because of people are, you know, slightly concerned about the toe injury and, you know, that it's uncertain whether McLaurin is going to play against Arizona. But I think both guys are very viable wide receiver threes this year and what it should be a functional uh, aggressive, above-average offense uh, under Eric Bieniemy. I, I don't know that – I think Curtis Samuel is going to be a, a better real-life NFL player than he will be a consistent fantasy asset. I think both running backs, again, this is sort of a – this is a lazy, easy comparison, but just because it's easy and lazy doesn't mean it's wrong. But I think if you think about how Eric Bieniemy ran his offense in Kansas City, that Brian Robinson is going to be the Isaiah Pacheco role and Antonio Gibson is going to be the Jarek McKinnon role. Now, I think it's a it's not that simple just because we've seen in the preseason already that they're using Brian Robinson a little bit in the passing game. And we know that Antonio Gibson can run off tackle. He can run run between the, uh, you know, run right up the gut, which is not something Jarek McKinnon ever does. But I think both guys are going to be used a lot and uh, on, on what should be one of the above average scoring teams in the NFL. So Again, as we talked about, this is a good year to wait on running backs because there's all these guys late. Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson are two guys going between, you know, in the 25 to 35 range going in there among running backs that I think both are, you know, well underpriced because Gibson with a passing game usage and Robinson, you know, with a touchdown equity in the early down work. Um, Matthew. The last thing I'll say that I think is sort of interesting, and Ben, I'd love your take on this. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a, if I'm in a deep league, a tight end premium league, some leagues are called tight end premium where you get a point and a half for a reception for a tight end. If you're in a deeper league, I think Cole Turner is suddenly really interesting just because I love Logan Thomas, but he has Logan Thomas has struggled with injuries throughout his career. He's already, he's banged up again. We know how much the enemy offense features the tight end. Now, some of that's because when you have Travis Kelsey, you feature him. And if you don't have Travis Kelsey, maybe you call different plays. But the fact of the matter is, is that Cole Turner is in line to potentially be the starting tight end of the commanders. And as long as Logan Thomas is out, have a decent share, a decent target share. Because I'm not – I would love Logan Thomas to be healthy and play all 18 games, but I, I mean all 17 games, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, not, I, not only do I agree with everything you just said, I, yeah, I do think they want to feature the tight end. But you look at the receiver room, none of those guys are tall. They're all like six feet tall, basically. Dotson's even right. shorter. And Cole Turner, when you watch him out there, he looks like, you know, some NBA power forward running around. I mean, he's not the biggest guy physically, but he's got great height. They love talking catch radius. Um, his only question for me is going to be health and just, you know, durability, I should say. But yeah, I'm with you. I think I wouldn't want to like start him every week at this point. But if you're talking a sleeper kind of deal, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I think it's, uh, an absolutely uh worthy thought um other than john bates i mean they really are thin at that spot without knowing logan thomas's situation for sure 
So yeah, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Matthew, yeah. you uh, as to quote somebody, you have said it all. I really appreciate the time. Uh, reminder, but again, where they can uh, find you uh, and all your stuff. Uh, NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com. You can listen to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, social live on Peacock at noon Eastern every single day, and then on demand on Peacock and the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. It also airs on SiriusXM channel 85. Uh, And then, you know, also check out FantasyLife.com where you can sign up for my free newsletter. Uh, And there's a bunch of free tools for fantasy players as well. It's all 100% free at FantasyLife.com. You rule. I appreciate it. Best of luck with everything you've got going on. I look forward to seeing you on NBC and uh, Sam Howe. I mean, we'll uh, we'll be watching. Thanks, man. Thanks, Ben. Hail the commanders. Hail victory. All right. Big thanks to everyone uh, for checking out the podcast. Thanks to Matthew Barry for his time. And I look forward to uh, catching up with him down the line. And, uh, you know, again, we'll see tomorrow what else the commanders do here. Um No real surprises yet other than the Daniels move, but tomorrow I imagine there'll be a couple we're like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, We'll wait and see. But for now, that is it. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time.